For me, shadow work is being in that space where you feel like you're the smallest you've ever been and you feel totally helpless. And working with a shadow is having to acknowledge the, the shadow part of yourself and being able to embrace it and accept it and give that love. Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Alchemist Lighthouse. I am here in studio, and when I say in studio, I mean in my room with my good friend Kyle, who is going to be like our third co-host today, and Nick is at home in Colorado. Hello, Nick. Hello from my studio in Colorado. Your new studio. My new studio, my new house. Nick just moved into a new house. We're all just coming off of the election results. Yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy week. Mm -hmm. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I just came by and went on to think about relaxing and chillaxing. And um, for some reason, I found myself over here doing this podcast with you. And I am entirely, absolutely honored. Yeah. Yeah. We're stoked. Kyle and I have been friends for like a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. We lived at this yoga retreat, this hippie community that I currently am living at. And then we both moved away for a while Mm -hmm. and then came back and Kyle moved away again to go do some real life work and (laughs) do the grind (laughs) and do some, some manly handiwork. Mm. And now you are coming back, maybe? Oh, looking for a place right now to stay. Yeah, to continue on with my spiritual journey, doing more runic readings, music, Mm. uh, lots of more arts to do, um, some yoga, some proper eating, you know. Mm. Um, So that's what I'm like hoping to go for. Yeah, Kyle's a real spiritual dude. So I was like, yo, we need to have you on the podcast, my man. (laughs) So we are. And um, so this episode will be a bit different from normal because it's not really going to be just kind of an interview with him. He'll be helping us and co-hosting with us. And then Kyle's going to lead the ritual later. So pretty excited about that. So with all that said, before we kind of go into everything else, Nicholas, do you want to give us the astrology for the week? Yes. Okay. So on November 14th or 15th, depending on where you live in the world, is going to be the new moon in Scorpio. And Scorpio is already an incredibly powerful sign, but this new moon is extra significant because it is going to be sextiling Jupiter and Pluto in Capricorn and Jupiter and Pluto have been back and forth in conjunction since April and this is going to be their third and final conjunction. They formed together on April 5th in 2020, June 30th in 2020 and their final conjunction of the year is going to be on November 12th. So just a couple of days before the new moon, okay? And so where this is really significant is Capricorn has to do a lot with power and authority structures. As you can see 
across the world. There have been a lot of challenges to governmental systems and problems going on in various governments all across the world. And so this Scorpio new moon is going to give a little power to this final conjunction and help close out cycles. So where you can notice this in your personal life is you can go back and look at what you were going through at the end of April and in the middle of June and this last pass through here in mid-November is going to help give you the answers that you might not have had to finish out certain cycles in your life during April and June. And this is going to help give you a massive boost forward if you put the intentions out there. So new moons are always really good for making intentions, right? So with Scorpio, Scorpio can also be a lot of deep diving, a lot of deep shadow work. I like to consider Scorpio kind of like the sign of the phoenix, even though its symbol is a scorpion. It's really also representative of the phoenix because Scorpio needs to burn itself completely to the ashes in order to be reborn brand new. And once it it's reborn, it is incredibly powerful. It can be one of the most powerful signs. So with this new moon is really, really good for doing that deep diving. If there's any shadow work that you need to do, if there's any answers that you're looking for that are kind of in the in the deeper realm of your subconscious or memories, past traumas. Like I said, it's really good for shadow work. And so that's what this new moon is going to be uh, really good for. Awesome. So what is shadow work? Whoever wants to answer this question. What what is shadow work? I, I would like to answer this question um, as this past few months it was filled with a lot of shadow work and it's it's something that just comes naturally in somebody they just don't know that they're doing it but they do it all the time Mm. for me shadow work is being in that space where you feel like you're the smallest you've ever been and you feel totally helpless you know that's that's like one of the ways of explaining it and working with a shadow is having to acknowledge the, the, the shadow part of yourself and being able to embrace it and accept it and give that love in order for your mental shadows, your, your disbelief of yourself, your insecurities, you know, to be known, be seen, to, uh, to be understood and accepted. And in, in that process of doing that work, it gives you the opportunity to become bigger than your own shadows. Mm-hmm. And when you become bigger than your own shadows, you grasp your shadows and then you work with it. You don't fight against it. You don't push it away whenever it does happen to you again. Because in doing shadow work, it makes you stronger than what, what you you cannot even imagine what you thought you could. It's kind of like confronting all of the things about yourself that you don't want to accept mm-hmm. and integrating them into your, like, because people kind of have this preconceived notion that there's like bad and good, which really there's not like bad and good doesn't exist. Everything is just what it is, you know? And so kind of all about 
confronting all of those things that you think are bad and realizing that they're really not, they're all part of who you are. Like every human being has what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. All sides. Like this sounds really dark, but like everyone has the potential or everyone has the darkness within them to be like a bad person or like a murderer or something like that. We just don't all accept that or give in to that side of ourselves, but everyone has that capability, you know? So it's just kind of like realizing that and and accepting it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and integrating all of those parts mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. kind of be a more full wholer human mm-hmm. being and funny that you mentioned that uh, i was thinking about you know the dark archetype and the light archetype and it's <laughs> it's all over our you know um all over the media um it's all over literature you know stories history and how, how there is always this war between the light and the dark but without the other there can't be the other side as well so mm-hmm. it, they're constantly working in this cycle and for us as human beings we have you know this third dimensional you know perception of reality and this ever-churning uh, motion of light and dark is something that we cannot see as a whole. So we see them as separate, you know, considering our, our brains are separate. We have the left side and the right side, the feminine and the masculine, the light and the dark. We perceive things as two things rather than just one thing and how they work together as one. And how our age the end age right now is all you know focused on you know you gotta be good you gotta be light you gotta like help you gotta be like kind and you you shouldn't be you know dark you shouldn't be bad you shouldn't be um naughty you know Mm. stuff like that It, it, it makes our brains you know fight against each other Mm. and when we actually now it's the time today is the time for us to acknowledge the dark aspects of ourselves and to really accept it as you know us mm. and it's it's fine it's okay it's actually really good to be able to you know see that and make us more complete or whole mm. so, just the the one thing that i wanted to add from um what we were talking about is that sometimes in the spiritual community, especially when people first start getting into spirituality, you can find a lot of the people that preach like the love and light and the good vibes only. And I think it's really, really important that we, uh, there's a term actually, spiritual bypassing is when when people um, ignore the, the shadow side and the shadow work and the trauma healing and just try to practice and preach the good vibes only love and light thing. But that doesn't work because like what we were talking about, everybody has the scale of the dark and light. Nothing is good, nothing is bad, like you said. But it's really important that we don't bypass what we consider the darker aspects of ourselves, or fail to acknowledge some of the traumas that we've gone through because when we do that it gets repressed but it will still come up later in other aspects of our life because it's still hanging out in our psyche it's still hanging out in our energetic field if you will 
So it's really important to to acknowledge and do the work on those. And it's important sometimes when you do that deeper shadow work to get outside assistance. I mean, sometimes, you know, if you're working on something that's that's really deep and hidden within you, it can be kind of hard to look at. And there are so many different kinds of healers or even psychologists, if you're into that kind of thing, that can help you deal with and handle those different areas of your psyche and the more dark, the darker work that you're doing. Yeah. And a good example of this would be because I didn't really know what spiritual bypassing was until this summer with like the Black Lives Matter movement and everything. Like a big example of that would be of doing your shadow work for white people, especially with all of this going on is like accepting and understanding your own internalized racism. Even if you aren't like outwardly a racist, all white people benefit from systemic racism. And that right there is like shadow work. I tried to do some of that this summer when all of that was going on so as to not like do any spiritual bypassing you really want to go within and and figure out like your own issues with that kind of stuff I took a class and um, if anyone else is interested I can put that in the show notes as well but it was by a woman named Rachel Ricketts and she's a black woman and it was basically all about Yeah, accepting and understanding and turning your own internalized racism around and being an actual ally, not just like a performative ally for that. Yes, that's a really good example. So yeah, that would be like one of my big moments of shadow work that I have done. What have you guys done? My shadow work when there, okay, there was this moment where I had to be faced with my shadows within it was this one time I had a mushroom experience. Can I can I say that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. We yeah. talked about doing ayahuasca. So. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Um, so I had my mushroom experience and it brought me down deep, deep into my like my own shadows, what I what my own toxicities are, my misdemeanor habits and um it just brought it right into my face and it made me really think about that a lot because i haven't really thought about it for a while and um the following few months of it was just that being in my awareness for a while so i was constantly having to just breathe through it and to uh, acknowledge it and accept it and stay with it no matter how daunting it is, no matter how scary it is, because just like any kind of shadow work or any kind of moment that you're in the dark, the only light that you have is the light of your own spirit. And so it just continuously um, having to surrender into that darkness with the, the courage of your own heart and spirit, then you will eventually come out from it stronger than before. And my way of doing that was just sitting down, having a good, you know, just breathe, you know, have something to drink, um, listen to wonderful music, take care of yourself. No matter how much you're being rattled, you know, sit in, sit where you are and let it happen and just mind your own business in that way. So that's, yeah, that's, that's how I went through with it. Mm. 
Yeah, I think that's good just to note that like when you are going through that shadow stuff, you don't want to get down on yourself for like realizing it. You just want to accept it. That's kind of where that love and light comes back, like accept it with love and just be a witness to all of the parts mm-hmm. of yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, one of the biggest times I've had to face my own shadow, it's like we talked about this a little bit on the first episode is I'm transgender, right? So, and I'm 36 years old. So I grew up as a teenager in like the 90s when being transgender was not really a thing. Like the only exposure I had had growing up in a small Western Colorado town was Jerry Springer, which was not a very positive portrayal of transgender people. So I think that I had had like a lot of really internalized trans and homophobia just from where I had grown up and the time period that I grew up in. And so, you know, during my mid and late 20s, I had to do a lot of deep, deep internal work. And, you know, I had a person that I dated that it was kind of a toxic relationship, but she really helped me face a lot of the deeper shadows when it came to gender and sexuality. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest times in my life where I had to really like face that in the mirror. And I discovered that I was suppressing my own gender expression. And um, it took me, you know, a good couple of years, at least probably over five years to really unravel all of that internalized transphobia and homophobia and come to embrace my own gender and my own sexuality. And it was really, really difficult. It was a, it was a big struggle because I really had to face what was mine and what I had just absorbed from the time and location that I had grown up in and stuff like that. So I think that that was my biggest moment of shadow, deep shadow work. And you bring up a good point that I wanted to go back to when you were talking about your ex and how it was like a toxic relationship, but she made you realize these things and brought these things out in you. A lot of times when you're faced with toxic people or toxic situations in your life, it's often a mirror of the things that you haven't accepted or Mm -hmm. the things that you have internalized and aren't like actually putting out there. So when and this has happened to me multiple times. I have this pattern. I think I've, I've hopefully I've broken it now. I've had this pattern of the same type of person, like toxic relationships. And if you notice these kinds of patterns keep arising in your life, it's because the universe is trying to tell you like, well, that is something within yourself that you have not faced yet and you have not integrated. So if that keeps happening to you um, or you keep, getting brought up with these situations and you're like, why does this keep happening to me? Look within yourself and see what shadow sides you need to accept and need to integrate. And once you do, those patterns will stop. Mm, I agree. I agree. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great point. Since we're like talking about shadow work, I just like to bring up our generational shadow mm-hmm. or, or like the, the, the source from all of this shadow that we're all experiencing. I've come through some really interesting information about, you know, where our trauma comes from. And I'm, I'm going to go like way out from the earth today. Um, Do it. <laughs> 
from what I've gathered is that all of these traumas, um, uh, oppression that we're experiencing, um, a, a lot of division was because of fifth dimensional entities, the, the draconians, right? The reptilian type mm. of cr- like of creatures, they have been harvesting hu- the human race for their own, you know, benefit, their own luxurious benefit of these telekinetic powers that us as humans have. And they've been doing this for millions and millions of years already. And we are still under their control in some way because these creatures are very good at manipulating the ma- their matrixes. We're in like in some sort of a matrix. Therefore, throughout all of history and time, we have been serving them in feeding humans to them, which may lead like a lot of sexual um, trauma, a lot Mm. of shutting down and becoming small. And we have always been trying to fight against that, that the, the light, the other light beings are helping us as a human race to stay away and stand up against these creatures these guys and now we are working in small increments because it has been a very long time and our lifetime is to do our best to stand up for ourselves our humanity and reclaim our true power our own magical abilities to be flourished you know Mm. yeah just knowing that like gives me a lot of hope and courage that we are gonna pull through from all of this shakening this shit show that's happening and we are gonna rise higher than we once were Mm -hmm. that's a really good hope that i have so so kyle what is something that the average person can do to help themselves rise above in terms of that I would say believe in magic while you're meditating as well. Because mm. medita- meditation, you know, it's it's just something, it's just the most basic thing that I would recommend to everybody in, in any times whatsoever. As you would meditate, believe or not even just believe, know that much more things exist, such as, you know, your higher self, you know, it exists, your your superpowers exists just having that basic practice you know you develop your own psyche you develop your own mental health you develop your own good habits and behavior you know it's it's the self-work that you're practically doing Mm. and in in time you know as you just keep you know developing this this skill of breathing you know breathing is a skill uh you get better at it and things will just come naturally into place for you things that you may never have expected at all it would just come to you and you would understand this deep underlying information this knowledge this intelligence that will just flow to you as you know everything in the universe is available to you if you accept it excellent thank you yeah i would say especially if you're like newer start with like one thing one type of magic that kind of works for you like I talked last week when we were when we did the um tarot reading in the ritual and I pulled the queen of wands I was talking about um like believing in your own magic and stuff like that so this kind of goes hand in hand with that but like find something like for Nick it would be astrology for me right now it's tarot 
what it's a bunch of things, bunch of things bunch he does things. you do reiki reiki you do, meditation yeah, yoga, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. so i mean you can do lots of things but find one one thing specifically i would say that you're really passionate about and integrate that into your experience, experience mm -hmm. your, your life experience i guess and you can always you know branch out but start with one thing first and then keep going yeah i think that that's a great point because when people first start getting into spirituality and magic and stuff like that, it's really easy to kind of overwhelm oneself with all of the options mm. out there. Because there, you know, there's tarot, there's astrology, there's Reiki, there's runes, you know, and it's really easy to kind of just get overwhelmed and try to do everything at once. But like Kayla said, you know, if you start with one thing, um, and you just dive really deep into that, eventually everything else will start to connect itself to that one thing. Yeah, like with me with tarot, all the tarot cards have an associated astrological sign. So like in learning tarot, I'm also learning astrology as well mm -hmm. because it all kind of connects, mm -hmm. you know? It's funny because when you're doing astrology, it's the same thing with runes. Yeah. Because runes are the predecessors of tarot mm. and you know learning runes as well you get like certain archetypes and the meaning and the language of it and how that associates with something of of nature mm. it's crazy how everything is just connect yeah. connected yeah everything in spirituality kind of connects so if mm. you start with one thing eventually it'll kind of branch out i feel yeah exactly so I wanted to go back just a bit because we have been talking about kind of how the world has kind of been shaken up a bit and all the stuff collectively that we're, that we're going through. And we've just kind of elected a new, I would say a new world leader, because let's face it, like whoever is the president of the United States is pretty much the king of the world. So we just have, we're going through this pandemic. We just elected this new world leader. I was going to ask you, Nick, what do you know astrologically about like the next three to four years do you know what to expect anything or well i'm not gonna i won't go all the way into the next four years but i'm gonna i'm gonna say like the next from now until uh january i don't when I, when you think about the astrology i don't know that it's going to be a smooth transition i would not be surprised if obviously um, if some sort of dramatic flare-up happens that tries to slow down the transition of the leaders, as a euphemistic way to put it. But in January, we do have both Jupiter and Saturn are transitioning from Capricorn to Aquarius, where they have been in Capricorn uh, with Pluto for the last couple of years. And Capricorn really has to do with like power structures and authority and stuff like that. And Aquarius is the sign of like the humanitarian. It's a lot of like humanism and collectivism, but it's also has to do with technology too. So it could go in a couple of different ways when, when those two big planets make that transition. It really depends on where the collective as a whole wants to take it because there's, you know, AI is a big thing with technology, um, artificial intelligence. But we can also take that technology and use it in amazing ways. I do, I do think that some new inventions might come 
come about that have to do with healing and stuff like that. And I think there might be, uh, this is just my own personal opinion, some more rapid awakenings of society as a whole. But, you know, it, it depends on where the collective consciousness decides to roll with that Aquarian energy. You know, we're still going down like the road of being controlled by like AI, artificial intelligence, or if we take the control into our own hands and come out with our own technological advances. Yeah, what I've been what I've been hearing and stuff, I'm not an astrologer. All of my astrology comes from Nick, but everything I've seen is like we are kind of going through this awakening and that's why all of this shit this year and really the past like four to six to eight years, basically since like 2012 pretty much, like mm. we've kind of been shaken up because we're getting ready to kind of go into this big collective awakening. And like last week, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety over the election, which I, I wasn't really expecting. So I was like, ah, I'm not there. I, I don't, I didn't expect to, to feel as much anxiety as I did. And Kyle sent me this video. And what was her name? We Elizabeth should April. Elizabeth April mm-hmm. on YouTube. She's like a, a healer. She's like um, a channeler yeah. from the, uh, the Arcturians or the channeler from the federal galactic federation yeah yeah so basically what she says in this video is like if you're experiencing anxiety over this election understand that and this was before the results came in so now we know who won obviously but if you're experiencing any anxiety around it realize that whoever wins whatever happens is exactly what needs to happen in order to shake the world up even more to go into this collective awakening So we're all kind of just like being prepared for like this, this kind of new earth kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that definitely, definitely resonates. Aquarius is ruled by Uranus and Uranus is the great awakener. It's like whenever Uranus is involved with anything, it can function as a bit of a lightning bolt of sorts. And when these planets do move into Aquarius, I I think we might start seeing things happen really quickly. So Capricorn is a really slow moving, really structured energy. And Aquarius is much more of like a a lightning bolt. So um, in terms of the collective awakening, I do think we're going to see like a big, there'd be more rapid changes than what we've had with this this Capricorn energy. Is that kind of what, whenever you hear people like talk about like the age of Aquarius, it's kind of what that is, right? Yeah, yeah. So before we go into the ritual, I'm just gonna talk real quick because Scorpio rules over the death card in tarot. And death card is actually one of my favorite cards and it's really not as like scary as it seems. So real quick, the symbolism of of the death card. So on traditional images of the death card, it's messenger of death, which would be like a skeleton and it's riding on a white horse. So the skeleton obviously represents the part of the body which continues to survive long after your death, right? Your skeleton never really decomposes, you know? Mm. He's wearing a suit of armor, which (laughs) symbolizes invincibility and that death will come no matter what. 
So he carries like a black flag with a white five petal rose. And that shows beauty, purification and immortality. And the number five always represents change. So when you see like when you pull a five of something in the tarot, that's always fives are always like typically really big, like conflicting cards, but mostly they represent like a big change in your life. And so with this card, it kind of shows that death isn't just about your life ending. Death is really more of like a transformation card. It's about rebirth. When you go through a death, everything that dies kind of becomes compost now for the earth. So if, if anything, if some, if someone physically dies, or if you let some part of you, like old behaviors, old patterns, old thoughts die, it's not that they're like gone, or it's not that that person is gone. It's that death or what remains is becoming compost now for new, more beautiful things to grow from, if that makes any sense. So with the death card, it's really about going through a big transformation from all of like relating it to Scorpio and stuff from all of your shadow work, from everything that, that you've been internalizing and not actually accepting. It's kind of rebirthing from all of those things. Yeah, no, that that's perfect. That's why I consider uh, Scorpio like the sign of the Phoenix, right? Because it's like burning yourself to the ashes to be reborn as like this brand new, like beautiful Phoenix rising out of the flames. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, so today is a bit different. We're going to have Kyle lead the ritual for us Mm -hmm. because when Kyle was living here at the retreat, he would always do some like full moon rituals and stuff. So I extended the opportunity to him and Mm -hmm. he grabbed it. So Kyle, is there anything particular that people are going to need? Okay, so basically when I do my my ceremonies and my rituals, I like to be in a safe space, in a safe time. Mm -hmm. And I would bring all the elements with me, Mm -hmm. a candle, at least some incense to just to represent air, a glass of water or a bowl of water um, of your choice. And sitting basically anywhere already represents earth. Earth is your body. Even candles of color could represent an element, yellow for, you know, air, green, yada, yada, yada. Just, you know, have total darkness. It's best to do the new moon ritual at dark. It's if you're safe to do it outside, that would be perfect. But anywhere inside is also good enough. And so I shall begin. So first... We shall breathe in through our nose and out through our mouths in cycles of three shall repeat inside and then outside and we shall embody spirit of the earth, the air, the fire, and the water, and to call upon the spirits of the north, of the south, of the east, and the west, of our ancestors, of our animal guides, spirits of the moon, 
the spirit of the sun and spirit of the earth to calm down to collect and to be with us for wherever we may need to be for their support for their loving care they shall be with us just give it a few more breaths and cycles of three as deep as you can inhale and as hard as you can exhale this new moon be with your deepest side within you go as deep as you can go as you focus with your eyes closed let the darkness and the absence of the moon let you dive in and just to observe and not judge for the thoughts that may come through to see them passing by like falling rain or trickling trees and their leaves. Identify what you need most and embrace. Embrace the body Embrace the mind, embrace the heart, and give a little breath. A breath of acknowledgement. Now, as we move into the air. Breathe through as if you're taking in all the energies from the outside, feeling in all the gaps within you. Bring in the light from the outside. Shine the light from the inside in all spaces. As the water flows, it flows through your veins to wash all the toxic and all the gunk that has been blocking your ways all through your chakras to just let it flow through your breath downwards and upwards, downwards and upwards. Like a washing motion, like the waves of the ocean, upwards and downwards. And give a few breaths, breaths in threes.
and then just give a little moment for you to mellow and calm down and let the waters just be flat and calm in your own time in your own space and in next we shall honor the fire by imagining from where you sit from where you are a bright fiery light would surround you and cover you blasting and enveloping you with warmth familiarity with safety with strength and power to reborn to make you make you feel at your most freshest and newest state may this engulf you with the power from your heart the flame and the fire that rests within you to grow and to be ablaze with confidence and bigger and thus we shall thank the elements thank the moon the sun our spirits our ancestors our guides the north the south the east and west we honor you and we cherish you we send all the love and light to everyone in this earth, to what has been before and after. And so it is. Wow. Thank you so much, Kyle. That was super awesome. Short, but powerful. And I feel really connected and grounded and ready now to move into a tarot reading. So I'm just going to do a short reading with the death card as our anchor so since we're in the new moon in scorpio and we've been talking about shadow work and stuff like that i'm asking the deck or universe source spirit guides whatever you want to call it what shadows are we as a collective and on an individual basis what shadows are we facing right now and how can we face them and how are we being called to transform based on those shadows so i intended on just pulling three cards but then a fourth card just kind of jumped out of the deck so that's to me is always my spirit guide saying nope here's another card for you so i went with it so we have four cards here and just by glancing at this without going into the individual cards yet this has to do with our relationships relationships with others but mostly i feel like it's relationships with ourselves the first card we have is the knight of cups and it's funny because the knight of cups looks extremely similar to the death card so death card like i said before is a skeleton in armor on a white horse and the knight of cups is 
a man in armor on a white horse holding a cup and the horses are like in the same position so they're very similar cards and my friend tori i'm gonna give you a shout out tori calls the knight of cups the fuck boy card <laughs> Uh, excuse my French, um, which I think is just so funny because the Knight of Cups right side up is a charmer, a romantic, someone who just kind of enchants you, right? And it's so easy to, we're all guilty of this, I'm sure, it's so easy to get caught up in that kind of whirlwind personality and then not really notice the other side. So with the Knight of Cups reversed, we're being called to look at where are we kind of being disillusioned? Where are we projecting so much onto another person or another thing um, or situation and we're not really seeing the entire picture? Is there anything in your life, anywhere, could even be with yourself, that you are only looking at the the good and the charming and the attractive and beautiful things that are right in front of you and you're not really seeing what's under the surface or you might even realize that it's there but you just choose to ignore it because what is on the surface is just so attractive and beautiful to you so with this card don't ignore those pings that you might be getting that something is off or something is wrong don't ignore that don't turn that off that is the universe trying to send you a message that is the shadow that is trying to come out that you need to face so next card we have is empress so with empress we're really being called to open ourselves up to receive i feel like we've been closed off and possibly the universe has been trying to send us things either through like downloads in our in our brain in our soul or through actual physical things being sent to us that we've have been pushing away so if there's something that's trying to come to you recognize it as a gift and be open to receiving it because you never know what is going to happen what magic is going to take place once you do that so next card is lovers and so this really fits in with what i said before about this spread being about our relationships and relationships with ourselves with lovers especially with the death card as our anchor we are being called to look within ourselves for the qualities that we admire in other people or the things the situations that we desire we're being called to stop projecting onto others and to stop desiring certain situations maybe it's a new job maybe it's a new house maybe it's a, a new location or maybe it is a relationship to really look within ourselves for those things that we want if for example if there's someone that you admire and you have this strong urge and desire to be with them it's because they have qualities that live within yourself that you cannot see you're projecting out instead of internalizing and integrating those pieces into your own whole being so it's not that you aren't like you can't desire someone or desire a new job or whatever definitely you can but instead of beating yourself up for not being with that person or not having that job or whatever it is think about why you want those things in the first place and then find those qualities within yourself and you may have to do some deep shadow work in order to find that 
Okay, and moving on to the last card we have here is the Queen of Swords reversed. And Queen of Swords is all about boundaries, looking at the areas in your life where you are available and then the areas in your life where you're definitely not available and making it very clear that you are not. So with reversed, I feel like a lot of us have not been clear with those boundaries or have not respected them ourselves and it's time to really take control of our own selves and not allow anything or anyone into our lives that don't respect that. So that was a very short and condensed version of that reading and now we're going to close out the ritual with a light language from Nick. I will just close it out with some light language real quick. All you have to do is sit there and listen and keep doing your deep breaths. Okay, now you can come back to your physical body as you feel comfortable and uh, slowly start moving and opening your eyes. So since this is a new moon, please remember to write down and speak out your intentions and your manifestations for the coming four weeks. Nicholas, what kinds of things would we want to focus on manifesting if we want to do it in line with the astrology? As I talked about at the beginning of the show, we're on this third and final conjunction of this Jupiter and Pluto in Capricorn, which is sextiling the new moon. So if there are any cycles or areas in your life where you felt stagnant or you feel like you need an answer or some sort of a rebirth of sorts, particularly things that were happening at the beginning of April and the end of June, anything that you need to kind of tie up, any loose ends or new ideas that you would like to bring forth to help close out those cycles, this is a really good moon to set those intentions it's really good for for the psyche anything that you need to habits that you need to begin or old areas of your life that you need to brush off it's good to call in the new for that fantastic i would like to say um thank you so much for bringing me into the show it is you know i'm so honored and grateful um, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for coming on. Yes. Appreciate it. And thank you as well, Nick, for um, your insights of astrology. And that was a wonderful light language. Um, did you feel yeah, anything, Kyle? Was, I was going to ask, <laughs> did you feel anything during Nick, Nick's light language? I 
briefly felt a, a, a surge of light, which is very cleansing to me. Mm. And yeah, that's what I mostly felt from it. It was a very cleansing feeling. Yeah, Nick has some powerful light languages. So I don't know if we've mentioned this, but Nick has a YouTube channel. If you want to experience more of his light languages, do you post one like every week? I try to post at least a couple a week, mm-hmm. two or three a week. Yeah. Where can they find that? My YouTube channel is called Quantum Alchemy. So you can just type in YouTube uh, Quantum Alchemy and it should pop right up and maybe we can post a link in the bottom yes i can post a link in the show notes kyle where can people find you if they want to follow your adventures and stuff well uh thing is i haven't been really focusing a lot on the internet that's good with social media and stuff like that although i do have my old instagram account uh, which people can follow which i post not so much, but eventually pick up. Mm-hmm. And that is letter underscore Kai, K-A-I. I'm going to say <laughs> this on the podcast so that will hold you accountable and then you'll actually do it. So I've been <laughs> trying to get you to do this for a while. He's going to start doing runic readings yes. for people. Yes. So keep an Excellent. eye on that. Now you have like to do it. it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I like um, it. So and he'll be doing that on his Instagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So keep an eye on that. As Excellent. always, if you want to contact us, you can reach us on our Instagram or email us at thealchemistlighthouse at gmail.com. Kayla, where can people find you? For your tarot readings. For my tarot readings, you can find me at Lighthouse Visions Tarot on Instagram. And then you can follow my worldly adventures at The Girl in Flight. For my tarot readings, if you are interested, I'm donation-based only. I don't like just having like a flat charge because I like being available to everyone. Um, So if you would like a reading from me, feel free to DM me on Instagram. And just like Nick, I think Nick does this as well. I'll just kind of tell you to meditate on it and donate what you're being called to. Definitely reach out. Um, I'm always happy to give a reading. And Nick, I think, is doing astrology readings as well. I think you're doing birth charts. Yes, I just started doing donation-based birth chart readings, astrology readings. So you can find me on Instagram and send me a DM if that is something you're interested in. I am nomadic.nicholas. Cool. So I'll put all of that information in the show notes for you. Go easy on yourself over these next few days, weeks, months. As always, drink a lot of water from that light language and from that ritual. And make sure you manifest this week as it's the new moon. Thank you so much, Kyle, for coming on. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, may the magic guide you home.